I'm Jordan. And I'm Donnie. And this is a podcast about the stuff in our New York City apartment. How we find it. Where we put it. And why we're into it. Welcome to Apartment 26. So, a couple weeks ago, we did an episode about the CSA that people uh-huh. really seemed to like. And in that episode, we talked a little bit about how the CSA fits into kind of our general food situation. Mm-hmm. And in, on Instagram, in stories, I put a poll kind of offhandedly about whether people wanted to hear more about our general food situation. And I was really surprised that a lot of people were like, yes, this. Mm. Because I don't really see us as, like, food or lifestyle influencers. You know, like, that's not the point of this podcast. But people seemed really interested, so that's what we're going to do today. Gotta give people what they want. Gotta. Could this be called the food prep episode? We could call it that. I've tentatively called it food stuffs. Mm. But we can go back and forth a little bit if you want. Mm-hmm. People will already know who won by the time they're listening to this episode, <laughs> but two titles on the table right now. Good stuff is pretty good. Thank you. Yeah. So yeah, I think I don't know where this system came from, really. Maybe just inside my mind is like clearly the most logical way to go about feeding oneself because I think I've really been doing this in some way since college Mm. like since I moved out of the dorms and had to go grocery shopping for myself and had to keep the budget of what I was able to spend on food at that time and how I was going to feed myself over the course of those days Uh and then I moved here and I really had to stick to my budget in terms of what I was eating Um, and then I think it really reached its final form <laughs> once final evolution. Yeah, once we started. Well, I won't say that because there have been some ways that we've made it better. But really like the key ideas have been present since we started doing our health thing mm. a few years ago. Wow, maybe 5 years ago now? Yeah, something like that. Is that possible? Yeah. We had a period where we really kind of wanted to figure out like what healthy eating and exercise looked like because Mm. I didn't understand what a calorie was and it was like kind of dark times. Mm. Um, And that's when we really realized that we were going to need some outside help to figure out what we should be eating and how it could be delicious. Mm -hmm. And that's when this whole system kind of fell into place, I think. By outside help, we mean the internet. Correct. We didn't pay anyone for this and this is like a free system that we set up for ourselves and by no means the only system we're only sharing it because the internet asked us to this is what we do for ourselves to eat free system about the internet brought to you from the internet (laughs) because of the internet wow yeah um so yeah i i don't know if this will work for everyone cj mentioned that it's like kind of weird that we do this and Mm -hmm. it never struck me as weird because it's what we've always done but Maybe there will be things in here that you're interested in trying yourself. Who knows? Maybe there will be things you think are weird. Probably things you think are weird. <laughs> if you've made it this deep into our podcast, though, you know what you're getting. So, <laughs> so yeah, the first thing, we do it on a weekly basis. Um, because I budget on a week, we budget on a weekly basis. So 
the amount of money that we're going to spend on food is weekly. Um, in the jar method, they talk about it monthly. So it's really just about what your budget is. I couldn't plan that many meals. I think like seven days worth of meals feels like enough for me to wrap my mind around at any given time. Yeah, it allows your taste to change too. If you're trying to plan for the whole month, like True. a couple weeks in, you might be bored with that salad that you thought was a good idea, <laughs> but it's actually very boring. Yeah, I actually, interestingly, like can't really eat the same food over and over, so that's kind of also why the system exists, because I need that variety. Mm. What we do. Variety is the spice of life. It's true. I've never said that before, but yeah. I'm. I, it's not untrue. It's a thing that's said. <laughs> it is. <laughs> we plan a menu every week. Mm-hmm. Recently, it has been on Thursdays when we get the CSA stuff. Um, sometimes it's like on a Friday or something. Basically, just before we go to the grocery store on the weekend. Yeah. And... For some reason, our menu goes from Monday to Sunday and, like, resets on Monday. Yeah. That's a little unclear. It might be better to do it the day we shop, but, you know, we're just stuck in our ways. Yeah, this is just our way. There really is very little logic to it, except that this is what we do. I think perhaps the logic of it is that we also breakfast prep, so we're thinking about that in terms of the weekend run-through. But... I guess there'd be a way to shift it where whoever grocery we get is could still purchase the week's breakfast as well. But, I don't know. Something something to consider, I suppose. But for now, I like going Monday to Sunday for sure. I think it is a nice, like, full menu. It feels complete. Yeah. yeah. And that could just be because that's the way we've set it up. So my brain <laughs> is like, this is complete. But, uh, I don't know. I'm into it. Yeah. And the menu consists of generally seven recipes for dinner. Mm -hmm. And the only reason that would change is because we have some sort of plan to like not be here for dinner one night. If we're like purposefully going to a restaurant or we're going to be at an event where we know we have to grab dinner or something like that. Yeah. In that case, we reduce dinners because that reduces our cost. But in general, we try to... (laughs) That was our cost. (laughs) (laughs) being reduced Uh, we try to plan to make dinner every night which doesn't always happen this is also like an aspirational system but I would say it works for us because that stuff is there already it prepares us for success in this endeavor yeah (laughs) yeah it's not like a a meal plan or diet or anything strict just like getting all the shit we need for the week and if we come home and decide it's been awful and we want to order pizza like that's okay too but this sets it up so that we have really like like you said just all the tools for success yeah i would say that like some of my own shit is like when i set up routines for myself and then i don't do them for whatever reason feeling like guilty so i don't want to pass that off to people here like a lot Mm -hmm. of my personal work is about saying like Tonight we need to order a pizza, you know? Yeah. Um, Which we definitely do, for sure. But in general, we're trying to have seven recipes on our, like, weekly menu. Those recipes... And the reason we started doing this, again, was because we were trying to, like, do health, and we had no idea what that looked like, and so we had to go into the internet and be like, tell us health. 
Um, and so most of our recipes come from the internet and I can put in the show notes, like a list of kind of our favorite sources. We love half-baked harvest, uh-huh. pinch of yum. We're pretty basic. Minimalist <laughs> baker. Um, a lot of, um, like Buzzfeed food roundups will have recipes in them that we want to try. Yeah. We're not like out here doing the most, you no. know, it's basically just like, I'm not like an inherent cook. You are kind of learning to cook more and really interested in that but I want someone to tell me like how much I need how I'm gonna cook it what's gonna taste good together and like to put it together for me and then I'll do the thing mm-hmm. um and I think these are nice like even though I'm getting more curious about cooking and baking and all things kind of culinary these were good places to start whereas previously my food plan be I was still TA at the time, so I'd be getting out of school hours, rolling off the train in Bushwick and being like, ah, fuck, I should get, like, a box of pasta or something, and, like, wandering around food bazaar and being like, all right, I got a box of pasta. Oh, these peppers don't look spoiled. I'll get some peppers to put in. Oh, look, this broccoli looks all right. I'll get that. And all, like, pepper and broccoli pasta is a pretty healthy, well-rounded thing. It also, in terms of my budget, wasn't, wasn't great. So, like, having a more planned out meal system was not only good for our bellies, but good for our wallets. Boom. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I think that for me and the way my brain works, the recipe really helps me build the grocery list and have exactly what I need and nothing more. Right. That's what I was getting at. You know, the stuff that, like, (laughs) I'm going to eat and not stuff that I just thought looked good at the grocery store and not stuff that I'm like, Oh, I'd like to eat that, but I don't know what I'm supposed to eat it with. Mm -hmm. And like I was saying, I can't do one of those, like I made a bunch of rice and beans and vegetables and now I'm just going to make a protein every night because that gets really monotonous to me. And the recipes really help like spice it up and make sure that like stuff is changing frequently enough for me to be interested in it and not to just like get bored and then order a bunch of food. Yeah. It's also cool. Once you, once you have these kind of, I mean, they're, they're pretty simple recipes. Some of them get a little tricky, but once you have them down and once you start expanding to other stuff, even other stuff on these blogs, you know, these blogs, Minimalist Baker and Pinch and Yum have things that range from very easy to things that are a little more complicated. And it's kind of fun because then you can start bringing in ingredients or I'm trying to think of a good story, but one isn't coming to mind. But as opposed to wandering around a grocery store with a box of pasta and being like, oh, I'll put in these things that I know, you might all of a sudden come across this recipe and you have to, like, cook with dragon fruit. And for me, that was like a first. I was like, oh, I have no idea how to prepare this. <laughs> this is totally outside of my culinary range. Let's, like, learn about this thing because it's in this recipe. And it's kind of a good way to expand your food and cooking knowledge because these recipes, sometimes as you do some of the more complex ones or as you look up more complex things are going to force you to expand your range and that's a fun challenge if you're interested in that sort of thing yeah we also started getting cookbooks from the library which is a really clutch idea because cookbooks are expensive Mm -hmm. and if you kind of feel like you've scour the internet and aren't really finding what you're looking for like sometimes you can be like oh i'm really interested in like this type of food you know like i got a russian cookbook once just to see what that was like about (laughs) um and i didn't have to spend 25 dollars on it or 30 dollars on it but we got to like sample the things that we wanted and then just take it back 
Um, we just got Anthony's cookbook from mm-hmm. the library, and that had a lot of good stuff in it. And you know, we like if we like a recipe from a cookbook, we just like take a pic of it. Yeah. <laughs> um, Easy peasy. Yeah. So I mean, that stuff becomes really easy as well and there's so many cookbooks out there so many so many and it's kind of fun you can sort of travel with it too like you mentioned the russian one but you can do cookbooks from all all over the world this sounds like a pretty basic thing again but (laughs) but it's very true like we've done a bunch of different cultures a bunch of different countries and like really specific stuff and just been able to be like all right well like this week we're gonna make Everything from South China. We got uh, land oh, yeah, of that. fish and rice, I think it was called. And it was just like this specific South Chinese cuisine. And we had recipes that we took photos of and kept from that. But for a week, we were just like, all right, well, let's see what's up with this. And then we did like the Russian cookbook. And then we did a couple other places that are slipped my mind right now. And that's been kind of fun as well, you know, to like, I mean, once again, expand your range as a cook, but also kind of expand your palate without buying a cookbook you might not know you like or like having to spend money eating out at restaurants that are specific to these locales you can kind of create a similar experience for yourself just with your local library card (laughs) you're like a psa this week oh yeah it's kind of (laughs) true on one there are also a few cookbooks that we do own for various reasons. I think the sure. first cookbook we owned was Sean Brock's Heritage because we're Sean Brock stands, which I think we've talked about before. Um, I might be true. And that is a cookbook we cook from a lot just because we love him and have experienced some good food. Like we made that Hoppin' John, which is mm. something I never had. Mm-hmm. And that was very delicious with the celery from the CSA. Yeah. Um, it's good. We have the Night Market cookbook also from... Very good the Thai restaurant in LA, which like blew our fucking minds when we went to LA. Yeah. And so we immediately bought their cookbook, like sight unseen. We were just like, we have to know about this. We did a whole week of Thai food and there was like a minute where we had to step back and be like, we cannot eat any more fish sauce right now. Yeah. Um, we overdid it a little bit it with that. The but... best of times and it was the worst of times. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> And so there are a few cookbooks that we own that we have really invested in because we know that we like that stuff and we want to cook it over and over. But Mm -hmm. in general, most of the recipes we use have been free to us. And so it's not something you have to invest a lot in. It's just something you have to kind of like take a little bit of time scrolling. We've been using a lot of Bon Appetit recipes because Mm. we've been getting all this stuff from the farmer's market. And so I'll literally just like Google kale recipe or like radish recipe <laughs> and they have all these roundups of like 56 things you can do with kale um and that's really been really useful and yummy so you can find them anywhere and then the thing we do if we make a recipe and we like it is that we save it in an evernote what's an evernote i discovered evernote through jenny blake's podcast here we go on our actually PSA yeah um Pivot podcast, and she was talking about how she uses Evernote to like organize her business and like notes to herself. It's basically just a glorified notes app. But the thing that I liked about it is that you can share your notes with other people who have Evernote. And before this, we had been saving recipes in like 
the bookmark section of mm. our web browsers and so uh, you'd have some that. recipes and i'd have some recipes and like that was nightmarish upon reflection yeah if we were like in your apartment we only had access to your laptop's recipes and vice versa and it was like a whole debacle and we were trying to find a way to like store them somewhere and you can just use evernote on your phone so we have one notebook that is recipes and then and that's shared between us. And then all of the individual notes are separated by like main ingredients. So there's a chicken note and there's a beef note and there's like a all these other sweet notes potato don't use note. Anymore. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like we have all these meat notes and now Donnie's destroyed them all. But yeah, um, he's actually just perseverating on her desires right now. <laughs> <laughs> Those are the notes I use by myself when Donnie is gone. <laughs> um, but it's been really, really useful because then Donnie can add something and I can see that it's been updated and that it's there. And it's really just like a list of links based on recipes that we've liked. And that's been really useful because when we are going to make the grocery list and I know that we got kale from the CSA, I can just like scroll through our salad recipes or I can scroll through our miscellaneous veggie tab um, and see what sort of recipes we have that use that thing. And sometimes we can be reminded of like, oh, we really liked doing this. We haven't done it in a while. So yeah. I would say that Evernote has been very successful in this process as well. As, I mean, if you're doing this by yourself, maybe not as necessary, but in doing it with someone else and like food planning with another person, been very helpful. Even still, I feel like even if you're by yourself, it's not a bad practice. I mean, you can just do it on your notes on your phone just as easily, but I definitely don't recommend just using tabs. <laughs> <laughs> no, the tabs weren't great. I would say, though, like you should save the recipes you like because... In the same way that, like, your parents have recipes they like and your grandparents have recipes you like. Like, we have recipes that we like and things mm -hmm. we go through. And those, like, go through fads. Like, we'll do the same thing several times over the course of a month and then kind of forget about it for a while. So it's nice to revisit those things. Especially and, seasonally. Yeah. Seasonally. And it means that you're not, like, reinventing the wheel every week. You don't have to come up with seven new recipes that you've never tried before. You can, like, go back to old favorites. Yeah. I mean, honestly, Evernote is... Sounds maybe intense <laughs> the way we were describing it, but it's basically just a digital version of one of those like spinny recipe card holders. You know? Yeah, and it's something that is like really pretty standard, but just a digital iteration of it. And know? it's free. And it's free. We're not paying for it. Yeah, no, God no. <laughs> <laughs> this whole PSA is about not paying for things. Actually. Yeah, <laughs> except for food, you should pay for your food. <laughs> like anyway. Um, and then we make the grocery list. And the grocery list is also in Evernote, so we can share it when we're at the grocery store so we don't have to be standing in the same aisle. Wow. Um, and What a world. <laughs> um, basically, it's just all the ingredients we need for the recipes. It's really, like, not difficult. It's yeah. like, what do you need? Um, so we make ourselves dinners. We're going to talk about our breakfast prep in a little bit. That goes on the grocery list. We're going to talk about snack prep in a little bit. Um, that all goes on the grocery list. Like the grocery think. list is everything we need for the week. Oh, yeah. Unless we mess up and have to go to the grocery store like 12 times. But I'm like really trying to go to the grocery store once a week. As, yeah. Like tops. So the list is pretty extensive, but it has everything we need on it. And then we go shopping. Whoosh. Um, we kind of complicate this matter for ourselves. Like everything we need, we could probably find in the grocery store. Yeah. But we like to go to the farmer's market, which we've talked about. Um, when we're not doing a CSA, we got a, we get a lot of our vegetables at the farmer's market. So that's 
one place that we go and we kind of like know now what we can and can't find at the farmer's market. So we kind of know which part of the list is going to be covered there. Uh-huh. And then... Yeah, if we could pause, this might not be a bad time. So we're not like seasonal eaters necessarily. No. So if we just want a recipe, we'll just buy the mass-produced grocery store iteration of that vegetable. Sure. If I want tomatoes in winter, we're just going to like buy some. Yeah. So this, I, I think even though we talk about like health and food prep, we're not seasonal eaters in that way, which I think is important to note that if you are looking for that kind of content, you should probably look elsewhere. Oh yeah, we're not, and see that's why I was kind of like concerned about doing this episode because we're not aspirational like Instagram no. foodie influencers and not even about like seasonality or locality or anything we're like eating that. eating cake for breakfast right now. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. That is correct. Um, from Anthony's cookbook. <laughs> yeah. Thought it was going to be more of a breakfast cake. Turned out it's just cake cake. Just cake cake. <laughs> Um, though I would love to see you try to like explain breakfast cake. <laughs> well, I thought well, like our, uh, so we have one that we use quite to talk about an old favorite, like the apple pecan bake. Right. But that's like is, a baked oatmeal. Oh yeah. Which is like, <laughs> but it's pretty cakey. It's got like brown it sugar is. in it. Yeah. It's like wicked dense. I thought, so <laughs> this is like a pecan bunk cake, which I suppose I should have known better. Even just saying it out loud now. The picture <laughs> of it looked deceptively like a coffee cake, though, yeah. to your credit. That's what I was thinking. Came out, like, way denser, and the... It is straight-up uh, cake. Oh, yeah, the icing is, like, very sweet. It's very good, but uh, maybe not our, our most practical breakfast prep in a while. <laughs> yeah. Um, there's also a store in our neighborhood that's like an artisanal cheese sort of shop with like a lot of Greek imports, etc. Yeah. Um, and we don't buy a ton of stuff there. It's a little expensive, but we've started getting our olive oil from there because she allows us to refill the bottle, which is something that we like. Um, she has some cheeses in there that when we have like a specialty cheese and a recipe, we try to get. And I, I mean, halloumi I like. Halloumi too. Yeah, the halloumi. Which um, is often a like veggie substitute. Like cheese. Yeah, but I feel like we have the halloumi noodles and stuff. That's true, yeah. So we get that there, because I don't think... Seatown doesn't yeah. have it. Um, it. Yeah, they do have some specialty stuff that we wouldn't necessarily get at Seatown. I like supporting her because she's like our neighbor. Um, and also, I don't know, I think part of this process, for me, at least the thing that keeps it interesting is like, I love ordering food, and so if I'm not going to order food, I want to like have ingredients that are a little festive or like try something nice and like invest a little bit in it in the way that we go to the farmer's market to get good vegetables or we like get this good cheese it just kind of makes it like a more special experience i think yeah even though we eat cake for breakfast and you're not (laughs) we also don't eat like shit (laughs) yeah we're trying i think that's basically it we're just trying not to do that we don't want to like feel bad in our eating you know um yeah like sometimes sea town which is our local grocery store has bad vegetables they just like that is correct either have no taste or are starting to get a little rotten because they've come in by like eight ships to get to new york city (laughs) by the time they get to us so it's just like way better tasting and way better quality to do the farmer's market where in a financial position to do so so we do it you know and i think yeah that's what it comes to we made a pretty conscious effort to prioritize food as like a a piece of our budget and say, all right, well, we're going to spend a decent amount of money getting the food we want. If that's cake for breakfast, sometimes it's cake for breakfast. But if it's like <laughs> locally sourced, actually delicious vegetables and like, it's also that. 
It's funny that we're doing this this week to me for some reason. It just feels like a pretty like funny week to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I mean, food is not an insubstantial part of our budget, but it's something we talk about around budget because we're trying to like do this thing that is specifically, I don't know, for ourselves. But I will say we've like we are much more lax than we were when we initially started our health journey, which was more of like a kickstart. Yeah, that was intense. That yeah. was maybe a whole other podcast, but probably not. I don't know. <laughs> and no. also we do straight up shop at the grocery store. Like a, the oh, yeah. bulk of our foodstuffs are gotten from the grocery store. So if you are not near an artisanal cheese shop, this will also work for yeah. you. You probably get whom at most like Especially suburban grocery stores, I would imagine. Yeah, I would say city grocery stores have a more limited selection just because they don't have as much space. Mm-hmm. And so I would imagine that like most of this stuff is available in my parents' grocery stores. Yeah. We would shop at Trader Joe's, but we're just like way too lazy to go down there all the time. There are select things we get at Trader Joe's, like nuts, because you can save so much money getting nuts at Trader Joe's. Coconut oil. Protein powder. Um but in general, we don't do full shopping at Trader Joe's just because it's far away and we're lazy. Yeah, there would also be just too much. Like the like the thought of carrying bags on the subway is tedious, especially yeah, on like a crowded one. Yeah, it would be a hassle. It would make this routine unsustainable for us. And wow. the point of this routine is for it to be sustainable for us. Yes. Yeah. Um, and then we go to our closest grocery store, Farmer's Market, in May. Then there's a grocery store down at the end of our block which has a very good actual fish market so we're getting fish we go there that's like a slight complication to the step um but like i said about the vegetable quality the fish quality at this supermarket's little fish market is far superior to what our closer grocery store has so we just make the trip and it's not it's like an extra couple blocks it's not like a train ride yeah so that i'd say are the four like main places we shop and then we bring all our food home we talked about the jar method in the csa episode so you can go check that out more in full but we do a little bit of prep when we get the stuff home like as everything's going away if there are vegetables that need to go in jars that gets done we organize everything like the cans go in a certain place the protein bars we buy so many protein bars and they have like a special place yeah. <laughs> So everything like goes where it's supposed to go. It gets prepped if it's supposed to be prepped. And that's kind of like our grocery journey. That's the getting it in. The grocery to the journey. House. Yeah. The. Mm. Think about it. Ponder it. The. I don't know. It's coming to me. Are you trying to do alliteration? You can't think of a G that means like sojourn or journey or like. No, I was trying to say like our growjourn. Oh, you're trying to, like, yeah. make it a word. I don't hate grosjern, but you would have to, like, explain to people what that meant. It doesn't necessarily lead itself. <laughs> I hate grosjern a little bit. I came up with it. <laughs> so, okay. so you should probably just move past it. Um, move past our grosjern. And then also, well, we try to do it on the weekend because it's the most effective time to do it. We do a breakfast prep. Ah, yes. For some reason, I cannot eat the same meal five lunches in a row or five dinners in a row, but I can happily eat the same thing for five breakfasts in a row. (laughs) I don't know why that is. Um, Maybe because breakfast food is clearly the most delicious. That's probably true, like cake. I think think... I don't think we should start calling cake a breakfast food on our (laughs) podcast. That might mislead people. (laughs) Maybe. I think it's also, for me, it's a little bit like, 
like one breakfast is delicious. Don't be wrong. Love all sorts of breakfast foods, but especially on week on weekdays, it's very much just like a a fuel. Yeah. <laughs> like I wake up, do my morning thing, and then I just grab whatever breakfast prep we have on the way out. Oftentimes we make it something portable. So like the the apple bake I mentioned is something we can cut in squares and carry with us on the train, or you just carry and eat it to work. Yeah, I take my breakfast to work every morning, but you do eat it before work. And in either case, it just needs to be, like, ready to eat. Yeah, or we make, like, sometimes I'll bake English muffins, and we'll do, like, English muffins either with eggs or with, like, peanut butter and jelly. Just, like, simple, easily carried things for our weekday breakfast. Yeah, and it really, the reason we do this is to keep ourselves from <coughs> breakfast because I'm not going to wake up in the morning and make myself breakfast and then go to work. You know, it's not going to fit into my time like that. And so I need something that's ready already. Yeah. Yeah, I, mean, I think that's... And we do it once for the week and then we never think about it again. It just goes in the fridge and really the only thing this requires is like a lot of Tupperware. <laughs> Yeah, um, we do have some times when like Tupperware is tight and that's a little stressful, but that's about it. The other thing that we prep for the mornings, which I don't know, this might be a little controversial. I think so. <laughs> some people will not like this, but I'm gonna throw it out there anyway. So when we had a Keurig, we could very easily make our own coffee in the morning. It took like. <laughs> It made that noise. That was really accurate. Oh, yeah. um, that was 100% what it was. Heard it, heard it a lot. <laughs> um, Every day for like three years. And it was really easy to just make coffee in the morning and that was fine. However, I just prefer iced coffee um, because it is objectively better. And so <laughs> often I would... Gloves are off. <laughs> ...make my coffee. I mean, I think a lot of people are going to agree with me. Just saying. Um... I'd make my coffee the night before and put it in the fridge so that when I woke up in the morning, it was cold. Mm. Then we switched to a French press. Wee oui, wee. Oui. Yes. I hated that a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> um, and the thing about the French press is that I hate doing it. Um, and it takes many minutes, whereas the Keurig took like one and a half minutes. And so what I try to do with the French press now is make as much coffee as the French press will hold, which I think is 51 ounces, wow. if I'm correct, um, no which turns out to be about four cups of coffee. And I'll just like stick them all in the fridge for whatever time that we see the need to drink them. This was clutch when Donnie was gone because it was like a whole week worth of coffee and <laughs> I never had to do it. Now I drink one and I go to work and I come home and all the coffee is gone. <laughs> That's not always true. <laughs> But, I don't know, people are not going to, like, coffee prep as a thing. I'm not trying to make coffee prep a thing, but I'm saying for for me personally and the life that I lead, coffee prep makes my life better. Yeah, that's fair. I like coffee prep. I like hot coffee a lot. But I like co- I like can drink cold coffee faster. So in the mornings, it's kind of nice to just have, like, chilled coffee. I like hot coffee on the weekends when we're, like, chilling, taking our time. And we did do... Uh, and we do sometimes for like special occasions do cold brew, but that's sort of a whole operation. It takes like a whole bag of coffee. Yeah, it's um, like several hours of time. Yeah, so this is different from from that. I'd say I I know some people might be like, oh, why don't you just make cold brew? Well, we do make cold brew, people. <laughs> um, but that's sort of its own monster. That's just that. Like it takes up a lot of fridge space to have a big pitcher that you're icing down all the time. 
Whereas this is just a couple of cups of coffee that you can tuck away different places. Um, and then it doesn't have the overnight rest time that cold brew does. It's something we can make and make again. It just requires cleaning out the French press, which is a bit of a chore. But as compared to doing a whole bag of coffee and letting it sit on the counter and then finding fridge space for a big pitcher, this is a lot simpler and really kind of more efficient for weekday purposes. Yeah. And then the other thing, mainly I do now, though sometimes you do a little bit of snack prep. Yeah, it depends on what I have going on. I've always tried to bring all of my food to work to protect myself from spending money. Um, Because work is like the only place you can reliably not spend money in the city. And so I found that bringing breakfast, bringing lunch, and then bringing four snacks is my ideal situation. So every week... I have enough protein bars to have one a day. I buy frozen fruit and protein powder and almond milk to make a smoothie every day. (laughs) Which is why we recently invested in a new blender. Yeah. And then my other two snacks are kind of variable depending on how I feel. Um, Sometimes I've recently started doing these like little cheese and salami roll-ups, which I like a lot. Um... Sometimes we'll do like a chia seed pudding. Sometimes I'll do like a, I have this chickpea avocado salad that's really nice. Oh, yeah, that's really good. I that a minute. Yeah. And it's just like stuff that can be around that I can grab before I leave that will feed me over the course of the day so I don't get hungry while I'm at work because I spend a lot of time at work being hungry. So, yeah, I try to plan that out as part of the grocery list, and then I try to get it kind of all put together on the weekend so that, again, in the mornings, I'm just, like, grabbing and going. Yeah, I mean, somewhat of a similar boat. My snack situation is a little variable. Sometimes I'll just add on, get extra of what you're making, especially, like, chia seed pudding, that avocado salad, stuff like that. Most schools I work in, when I'm on site, I can't have nuts, so that sometimes limits what I can do snack-wise, and I have, I'll bring protein bars, and I make sure I don't have any nuts who are made in peanut facilities, stuff like that. A lot of schools, though, also, on the upside, have, like, their own teacher snacks, and like or, like, student school-wide snacks, so I'll grab apples from there, or uh, granola bars, little things like that, and I like doing that, not only because it saves me, like, time and money, but then I know if the snacks are already in the school, I'm not bringing in anything that will affect any allergens. Um, but especially when I work from home, when I do stuff like that, my snack prep looks a little different. I'll jump on what Jordan's doing. When I'm home, I like eating nuts, especially peanuts. I've like You've grown really been on peanuts recently. Into an, into an old man now. <laughs> and I'm just like constantly snacking on peanuts. I used to just constantly scoop peanut butter, but I'm growing up now. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, peanuts. I like cashews. I like really all. There's not a ton I don't like. Um, I don't like to mix that up. This is why we're constantly buying nuts at Trader Joe's also. Yeah, that's pretty true. Um, you love I'll, to scoop Greek yogurt. I do love to scoop Greek yogurt. Um, uh, the kefir that I mentioned in a previous episode. I like, I'll get edamame too. I like snacking on that a lot. Like you have the cheese and salami bites, so it's kind of a veggie alternative. I'll just buy little bags of frozen edamame and bring like, half a cup or a cup of those depending on how uh, long I'm going to be out for and just pop those for like a little protein sack that's a lot of what I do I can't really think of I'll make smoothies at home I usually don't 
packed smoothies with me. Jordan's pretty brave. I've had some, some bad smoothie spills. Um, so I usually just make those when I'm at home. I don't carry those often. But I think it's pretty much the full range of my snack unless there's something special going on, like cake. Well, I found that there was like a time in the spring where I was buying a smoothie every day. Mm. And that was like $9 a day. And I was like, wait, I can just like do this. And so that's why I did that. I also find found... Um, one of the things that was really interesting to me in the process of like our health and food journey was the idea of decision fatigue and like as the day goes on it becomes so much easier to just be like fuck it i'm gonna go to starbucks you know Mm. and never do i actually really want to go to starbucks and so i want to like put myself in a situation where that's not what i'm gonna do and that's why snack prepping has been so good for me because I, when I get to that point where I'm like, fuck it, I just want to eat something, I can like reach into my bag and there are things there for me. Yeah. That is kind of the worst feeling. I mean, buy something. And it's not even you know what you wanted. Isn't delicious. Yeah. Like, <laughs> uh, you don't want that plastic wrap pastry from Starbucks. You know, <laughs> it's not going to be that good. Yeah. And like, you are so exhausted emotionally that you can't even make the decision to go to a better shop like place than <laughs> starbucks you know um so yeah i it's kind of like these are all habits i've developed as a way of tricking myself out of doing things that i don't like to do you know yeah i mean that's all routine i think though yeah and then kind of the last thing, which was the first thing, is Full that circle. for dinner, we make the recipes that we planned to make, mm-hmm. and we always try to make four servings of that thing, so that the next day we take it for lunch. Yeah. And that that was probably, like, really the first germ of this idea, was, like, we we're gonna make dinner and then take it for lunch. Yeah. And... Sounds about right. That's just what we've always done. It's, like, such a simple thought. But once you put it into practice, it saves a lot of time, saves a lot of thought. I literally never think about lunch. Yeah. You know? Like, I'm not interested in thinking about lunch. <laughs> it's just going to be, like, what I ate the night before. Unless something goes terribly wrong. Like, if we run out or we've gone out on a limb with a recipe and it went terribly and all the food needs to be thrown away. <laughs> like, yeah. or like, and that does happen. <laughs> sometimes we make, like, when we make, uh, we do, like, homemade pizzas and that usually doesn't yield right if we do things that sometimes we know stuff is going to be small um or like single serving kind of deals for dinner but that's few and far between and sometimes we'll plan like sometimes i plan ahead for that i'll make like a three bean salad sometimes that's pretty easy to whip together uh but sometimes i'm just like you know whatever i'll go buy like a sandwich somewhere you know it's not the end of the world it's kind of like uh i think you mentioned earlier like it's not the end of the world to get out of this routine either oh you did like we were saying we're not don't i think we've put enough disclaimers but we're not like food influencers we're trying to do or say the thing like i break this routine pretty regularly at least once a week <laughs> i would say i break this routine yeah <laughs> you know um that's nah, just the nature of it it's there like jordan said to protect ourselves from spending money really largely that health reasons when we started but we sense like I think hit most of our goals and gotten where we want to be. Um, but it's something that's there as like a, a guideline and can pretty readily be broken when, you know, you want a pastry, not from Starbucks. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think it's nice to, because 
we food plan together to kind of know that we have this framework of like, this is basically what we're doing so that no one's coming in out of left field, mm. you know, being like, what are we going to do? Um, we have this like idea of kind of how the week is going to go and then we can build around that. But yeah, I think these are just the things that have largely worked for us, except for when they're not for whatever reason. Yeah. And people on the internet asked to hear about it. So here it is. Boom. The food prep episode. Thanks for listening to this episode of Apartment 26. For more info on the stuff we talk about on this episode, check out the show notes linked below. And follow us on Instagram at apt26podcast. See you next time.